from the Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. Well, it's good to be back. Um, I haven't been here in a while. It's, I don't know, maybe a couple months, and I don't think I've even been in the building since then, so apologize for not seeing faces around, but it's nice to be here. So I think I'm going to jump right in today because if I don't, I might be here all day. So uh, <laughs> just a heads up, today might be 15 minutes or it might be 45 minutes. There's not really an in-between. Depends on if I ramble. And I do tend to ramble, but I will try to try to keep it uh, not 45 minutes. So I am excited to talk about what I'm going to talk about today, because like I said, I haven't been here in a couple months. And the last couple months, there's been a lot of reflection that I've done and a lot of stuff that's been on my mind and, and uh, just excited to share it with you folks and excited to potentially invite you into um, the same kind of thinking. And where this all started was, as we're kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on this, <laughs> I should knock on wood, but I kind of feel we are moving into a new season um, just with the way things are going on. Maybe it's just my, me, my feeling on spring and things are feeling good, but um, I mean, the last couple of years have been pretty hard. There's been a lot of stuff that we've really, really dealt with. Um, and it, it's been a time where I would really say, um, like 2020, 2019, a time that's really exposed a lot of us. It's exposed us, it's exposed society, and it's been a time where we really are getting a clear picture for the first time in a long time where people stand on their different beliefs, on their different views, and that can be really good, and that can also be really hard. And I know a lot of us here have gone through times where um, we've lost people, and um, whether that be losing a life or just losing people in our lives, it's been really difficult. So I've been kind of dwelling on this, and I've talked about this in the past when I've been here. I've talked about uh, grief, and I've talked about how we can um, work through that and why grief is necessary, and that's good. But this is a little bit different, and um, what I wanted to share with you today, it's kind of a second level to, to that, to grief, and I did promise the last time I was here and talking about grief that I would continue on. So it's kind of perfect. So where this came up, um, and this is kind of hard to talk about, but where this all started was a few weeks ago, I was at a funeral for a person that had previously been in my life. And I knew this person from a previous place that I was employed at. And going to this funeral... I knew that there was going to be a lot of people from this place that I used to work at, and just being um, there was going to bring up memories of like pain that I ha had experienced, um, and just hurt that I experienced, and just kind of some some negativity and just a little bit of uh, apprehension about going and doing this. And so I, I'm there at the funeral, and as I'm listening to the service. I'm starting to remember, like, wow, this person truly 
was an amazing person. Like I really had a lot of positivity around this person. I remember I, um, just thinking about all the times that they were fully inclusive and accepting to me and just some of the funny memories that we had. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, my, my, um, my mind is starting to shift. And I'm starting to look around and I'm starting to see people around um, in the audience that I had also had a lot of positive experiences with in my past. After the service, I'm walking around, I'm talking to some of these people and just really starting to get emotional. And remembering this time in my life that was so positive and, and, and all these positive thoughts and memories and feelings are coming flooding in and really missing a lot of these people and missing the times that I had there. And so I leave that service and over the next couple of days I'm doing a lot of reflecting and a lot of thinking on kind of some shame, honestly, and thinking about how over the last few years, um, this, well, it wasn't just this instance, but I was starting to think of now, over the last few years, over the times, like we had, like I just said, um, the last couple of years have been hard. We've started to see where we stand. I'm starting to look at now all these different areas that I've defined myself and that I've seen other people define themselves. I'm starting to look at, wow, I've actually really started to like remove myself from a lot of situations. I've pulled myself back from a lot of conversations with people. And also, I've really started to, and not consciously, because I haven't been to a point where like I've really like publicly like put people down or put groups down or things like that. But even with my friends expressing frustrations with people that believe differently than me. But I started having this thought that, man, I, in my subconscious, I've really started to build some resentment towards not just individuals, but groups of people. And, and, and it just kind of hit me and I'm like, oh man, I am marginalizing people based on not wanting to be marginalized in my subconscious. And so really working that through was kind of throwing me off where, um, so for instance, um, is an example with these folks that, um, that I had seen and really had positive memories with is I sat down and did some reflecting. I'm like, I have grouped a lot of these people into one category and have just kind of kept away from them. And what am I doing? I'm marginalizing. I'm saying my beliefs are better than theirs. And even, and we do this as people, we um, will justify doing that. I think all of us do this. I'm, I'm not just calling myself out, but we will justify doing this where, um, so for me, it was, well, people that believe this way, make me really sad and it just hurts because they've hurt me and they're hurting other people. And that's what I think in my conscious, but in my subconscious, I'm starting to form negativity around that. I'm starting to think, well, these people don't have it right and therefore my thinking is better than theirs. Now I'm marginalizing those people. And that, and that was just, and that was really um, difficult for me. So anyway, I start having this change of thought and um, I don't know what to do with this. And what do I do with this? What do I do with this? What do I do with this? Okay, all I can think about right now, okay, because there's so much flowing through my mind. Well, I want to be a good person, but I also want to hold people accountable for their actions. Like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, what do I do? What do I do? You're just overcomplicating it, man. Just chill out, because I'm starting to think of the future. I'm starting to think of the past. I'm starting to think of this thing. Okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Get back to just keeping it simple. So what do I do? I just get quiet and I meditate, I pray, and I just think. 
And doing this is hard to do because we don't really do that well <laughs> around here. We're always go, go, go. We're problem. Well, I'm a problem solver. I'm try always trying to solve the next problem. I don't really, I'm not really good at sitting down, being quiet, and just thinking and, and processing through where I'm at. So great chance to do this. So I sit down, and as I'm processing and as I'm thinking, um, I've learned over the years and, and really practiced over the years on just being vulnerable with yourself and, and, and working on yourself. Okay, where, and I use the word subconscious a lot, right? Because um, our subconscious is the gathering, the way we perceive the world that we're not always thinking about. It's the stuff in the back of your mind that we act upon without knowing we're acting upon. And it's really important to visit those things um, I talked in the past about our biases. Our biases are a lot of the times in our subconscious. We're acting on things that we don't really know why we're acting on them. So digging that up, I'm starting to look at, okay, where are there areas in my life? Um, where are the negative things that I'm thinking about? Um, what, who are the people that I think negatively about? What are the groups of people that I think negatively about? And starting to... Um, really dig all that up and, and it's kind of uncomfortable and it's like but I know that I need to do this because I know that I'm ultimately hurting people if I'm not doing this because I'm acting on my subconscious so anyway the idea that I'm having here is when I when I kind of came down to keeping it simple the the theme that's popping through my head and kind of my theme for today is how do we get back to um, just like the very simple line of love and inclusion for other people. And, and I mean love and inclusion just simply. Not with love and inclusion but, or love and inclusion and, but just like how do we, in every aspect of our life, in every aspect of our thinking, how do we get back to that idea, or maybe not even back to, how do we just get to that idea? Maybe we've never been there, of just how do we love and include fully? So anyway, I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm having this in this thought, and um, so now I'll kind of take off on what I'm gonna talk about today. And where it boiled down to is the, the Bible verse kept um, popping up in my head because I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And um, started to pick this apart. How do, I, how do I love but also be inclusive but also hold people accountable? And I'm thinking about the Bible, which in my life at this point is probably the spiritual teachings that I know the most with. I know I, I obviously am here preaching, so I identify with it. Um, but I'm thinking of when Jesus is asked, like, teacher, what is, what is the greatest commandment? Or for lack of better terms, like, what is the number one thing we need to focus on? And that was stuck in the back of my head. And it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and also to love others. And as I'm cross-referencing that with just other spiritual teachings that I've explored and just other um, spiritual teachers that I've heard talking, it's like, yeah, at the base of this is just, like, the point of being, the point of being here, why do we do what we do, why do we exist, is to connect with each other and to love each other. And through doing that, we're connecting to a higher power, we're connecting to God, we're connecting to the divine, because the underlying assumption is that the divine God is in all of us. So it, by loving each other, by connecting with each other, we are connecting with God, right? So, okay, great. I've got a starting part. It's it, our, our, our starting spot. It, it's easy, just... Um, just loving simply. So now <laughs> the challenge is how do I now start to love others that I disagree with? How do I start to love others that I have worked up in my brain and saying, actually, those people think differently than me. 
I've marginalized those, so, so how do I start to do this? Um, because this can be because this can be difficult because like I said before we are masters of segregation as people like we find ways no matter what even if it, and a lot of times we justify why we should be segregated from somebody else we find good reasons to segregate ourselves from other people but that again is just a mistake because segregating from other people is not loving other people um, actually I wrote this down this was a, really interesting as I was thinking about this um, if I can find it in my mess of notes, is, did I write it down? I know I did. It's really good, too. Oh, yeah, here we go. Actually, not that great. Um, but <laughs> as, I was, as I was thinking about, um, again, loving other people, I was like, okay, but what does that mean? How do I, how do I love other people? And, um, and, and how do I fully do that? So break it down, pretty simple. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what is love? And I think about my relationship that I'm in right now. It's like, okay, what kind of things um, do I have to do to show love in that? Um, but I really think it's cool because I think when Jesus talks about loving one another, and this is just a short list that I came up with, um, I really think Jesus in, in really... Um, a lot of spiritual, if not all spiritual gurus will talk about this, is um, loving one another is admiring somebody else. It's being accepting of somebody else. It's understanding somebody else. It's being patient of somebody else. It's, it, it's all those things and more, right? Um, and so, but again, we are masters of division. We are masters of... Um, saying, well, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to love and I'm not going to accept because of this. <sighs> so, again, add another dilemma. What do I do now and what do I do next? So, moving forward with this, um, again, my theme here, as, as I've said before, is how do we love and how do we accept, but it's not always easy to do. So, now I'm kind of breaking it down on how we do this, right? First of all, just stopping, thinking it begins with yourself and being honest about where you're not doing this. That's first, because we need to identify the problem. Secondly, we need to kind of move forward with some tips and some actions. We need to practice this. We need to exercise this. So a couple of things that I thought of, some big things, is the, the first thing I wanted to start with was um, there's a guy named Eckhart Tolle, and he's kind of like a spiritual teacher. Um, and I looked up the meaning, or I looked up the pronunciation of his name because I've been saying Tolle for so long, and I, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. It's Eckhart Tolle, but T-O-L-L-E. And I've been going through his book, The Power of Now, and something that I really, really like in that that he emphasizes is just that, the power of now, the power of the present. And I'm going to read a little piece of um, his book here. So this is step one, right? How, do, how can we do this? This is a good tip. And I'm going to read what he talks about as far as the power of now and then I will explain it a little bit. So he says, To the ego, the present moment hardly exists. Only past and future are considered important. This total reversal of the truth accounts for the fact that in the ego mode, the mind is so dysfunctional. It is always concerned with keeping the past alive, because without it, who are you? It constantly projects itself into the future to ensure continued survival and to seek some kind of release or fulfillment there. 
It says, one day when this, that, or the other happens, I am going to be okay, happy, at peace. Even when the ego seems to be concerned with the present, it is not the present that it sees. It misperceives it completely because it looks at it through the eyes of the past, or it reduces the present to a means to an end, an end that always lies in the mind-projected future. Observe your mind and you'll see that this is how it works. And here's the key here. The present moment holds the key to liberation, but you cannot find the present moment as long as you are your mind. And what he means by that and what he's getting at in the book really goes on to explain this a lot more is he talks about how the present is so important and, and this is why I want to start with this is like step one is we spend so much time thinking about the past and the future like he was talking about but when we're doing that the past and the, the past and the future are not now so in a sense like breaking that down logically we're somewhere else we're not even here. So if I'm sitting with my partner and I'm trying to engage in a conversation with my partner or with you folks or with Dietrich, uh, even though Dietrich's always somewhere else. So um, actually, I don't think that's true. I think it's more so me. Um, but if I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody, but I'm thinking about what I did yesterday or I'm trying to think about the future, I'm not engaging with that person. I'm not giving that person my all. I'm not present. And what Eckhart talks about is the dangers of doing that is are then you're not able to focus on yourself. You're not able to focus on what you need to do in this moment to help. You are elsewhere. You're not even based in reality. And I'm not saying we're not, he's not saying, I'm not saying that it's not good to plan for the future. Or it's not good to learn from the past. But if your thoughts are consumed with the past and the future, you're not now and you can't think. And so like I said before, when I was out of answers about, man, what do I do? What are the answers? Quieting down, coming to the present moment. How do I feel now? What are my thoughts now? How do I reflect on my thoughts now? Not what's going on tomorrow, not what happened yesterday, but how do I reflect on now? It's such a centering practice to do because it can reflect on where your heart truly is. And so the second piece that kind of goes along with that is just, and this is just a short one, is being honest with yourself. When you are coming down and you are being now in the present moment and you are turning your brain off, being honest with yourself, being vulnerable, like saying things about what do I, what do I really think? Um, this is a spur of the moment thing that I'll share and I'll be vulnerable with you guys and it's super uncomfortable to do, but I have to do it to, to, to prove what I'm saying and to prove that I've actually done this work. Um, and I've done this only publicly twice, I think, and it, and it doesn't feel good, but it, it emphasizes a good point. And maybe some of you can relate. So we're here at church, and I think the most of us can agree that church isn't always the best thing. Church can be the cause for a lot of hurt. I think there are a lot of people here that are here because church in the past has really caused pain or hurt. Or even if it hasn't, you can at least acknowledge that there are people that are sitting next to you or in this room that have probably experienced some sort of hurt because of some church at some point. I grew up in a pretty conservative church, <laughs> and I think it's no secret, the part of the transition that we've done here is becoming a fully inclusive and accepting church. I didn't grow up in that kind of church. So all of those thoughts of a church that I grew up in for the first 25, 30 years of my life 
those thoughts, whether or not I consciously believe in them and practice them, are still in here. They're still in my subconscious because your subconscious takes those things in and unless, unless you unroot those, they're still there. It is without fact they're still there. Unless you do conscious work to get rid of what's in your subconscious, it's there. That's, it's just fact. You can't argue that. So what are some of the dirty things that have been in my mind that I've had to uproot? And so one example that I share a lot um, I shared this back when I was working with St. Louis County and I was doing a lot of work with diversity, equity, inclusion, which I've talked about here. Um, I'm one of, like, the only people of color in the room talking to, well, actually, like, right now, <laughs> very, I'm very outnumbered when it comes to not being white. And, and to, to help understand this point, I've really talked about, I'm just dancing around the issue, I'm sorry, my perceptions on the idea of gay marriage or gay relationships. So although I, in my life, have had gay friends since I can remember and have never openly, like, been somebody that has talked out about gay marriage or about gay relationships, um, it has always been in the back of my brain because it was planted there by the people that I learned from that that's not okay, that that's a sin. And to get rid of that took a lot of work. And it began with realizing that although I don't believe that in my conscious, my subconscious does. That began in my 20s. And I, w I can safely say only in the maybe the last three, four years do I finally, am I finally at a point from doing that deconstruction that I can fully be like, yep, I don't have any subconscious thoughts about like this being an issue at all. But I share that because that's the kind of work that we need to do. It was, honestly, this was years and years of work of practicing, going to that safe place like I talked about before, pulling up my subconscious and be like, what are the things there that I don't want? This being one of them. Okay, so what was a subconscious thought that I had when I was just hanging out with my gay friend this weekend? Was I, was I thinking, did I have subconscious thoughts that were less than? Yeah, I did. Okay, voicing that. Mike, that is wrong. I want to think differently took years of deconstruction. And that wasn't because I was a bad person. That was because that's what like was being fed to me through teachings as I was growing up. And that's what I wanted to share with you folks is as we do this, as we sit down and we kind of deconstruct this stuff, it's safe to do. So another thing that I want to share with you and that I kind of, uh, another point that I'm making here is the, um, so maybe this will be number three, okay? We'll back up and say number one is kind of focusing power of now, number two being vulnerable, but number three, tip number three is reconstructing our mind, reframing our mind, changing our perspective that being vulnerable and, and thinking bad thoughts is okay. And actually, the thing is worth thinking these things Regardless, like you can't help it. So we do have to dig up this dirt. We have to churn up this dirt. We have to deconstruct this dirt because it's there and it's affecting the people around us, whether we want it to or not. As long as it's sitting in your subconscious, it is coming out and it is hurting people in ways that you wouldn't even think. So we need to dig this up. But that's good. It feels bad at first and it feels gross. And it's like, wow, I really thought those things about the gay community. It feels Icky, guys, I'm like kind of shaking. Like I don't feel good right now even saying it. But it's like, no, you have to do that because that's where you, uh, deconstruction. So then o over years of practice, you start to say, no, this is good. I'm digging this up because I'm becoming a better person, a more loving person and a more inclusive person. Going through this pain, growing through this, you're, um, 
this deconstruction is making me grow. It's making me stronger. It's like going to the gym and working out. It's like practicing your jump shot to be better at basketball. It's like practicing an instrument. It takes time and it takes practice and it's not always fun to do. So um, those are the first three steps. Again, the first three steps to how do we become more inclusive? How do we become more loving um, of others? So again, I'll repeat them, kind of centering, power of now type stuff, focusing on the present moment, focusing on ourselves, um, being vulnerable, and then admitting that it's okay to be vulnerable to start to change our perspective. So the next one that I wanted to jump into is a little bit more positive. Uh, and this is the idea of beauty and what is beauty and where is it? And I don't know, this is maybe just like a fun one that I thought of. I didn't read this in any book or anything, but as I was preparing for this, is I catch myself a lot, <laughs> and and it's really funny. Um, my partner could probably attest to this, but I'll sometimes sit like and I'll be at a restaurant and be eating some food, and I'll like and I'll see something happening across the way, and I'll see like maybe a kid playing with a toy or somebody liking something, and I just get really emotional. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful that that child loves that toy so much. My sister makes fun of me all the time because, um, well, we have this kind of like ongoing joke that my little niece and my little nephew are so beautiful, even though they're terrors, they're beautiful. And, um, and, and when my niece was first going to school, uh, she's going to get on the bus, and I, w and I was happened to be there for maybe the first week or something while she's going to school. And she comes out of the house, and she's got sparkles on her shoes, pink sparkles. She's got, like, a Paw Patrol backpack. She's got a smile. She's got, like, a little animal. Uh, what are the clips that you put in your hair? Um, Brett, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, um, and, and, and she's just so happy, and she's going to school. And I'm, like, tearing up, and I'm emotional, not because it's her first day or not because, oh, she's growing up, but I'm, like, she she's a person that is an individual that likes stuff. She likes sparkles. That's so precious. She has because she's a person. She's beautiful because she has desires. She has one. And my sister's like, what, dude? Like I'm over here crying because my little my daughter is like growing up, and she and you're over here crying because she has a Paw Patrol backpack. I'm like, and my sister's name is Dre, but I'm like, but Dre, it's so beautiful that she has wants, that she has desires, that she likes this, that she desires this, that she chose this. Anyway, that's kind of a, that's kind of a tangent, but just the idea of like finding beauty in the world. And I don't know where that came up for me, but that's, but it took me to acknowledge, man, this is a place that I find beauty. Um, but this is such a great practice, guys. It really is on where can you find beauty because, again, it's this idea of starting to reshape our mind, starting to change our perspective, and starting to feed our mind positivity rather than negativity. So what are the things that you find beautiful? I, I made a short list here of, like, what are things that you can hear, see, listen, smell, taste, whatever, that can make you say that is beautiful and that incorporate people, right? So I think of music, painting, reading, Honestly, watching film, looking at design in the world, doing people watching. And what I mean by that is like watching people be happy, um, interacting with each other, doing acts of service, people smiling, uh, just like looking at the landscape, uh, listening to poetry. But all of these things are inspired by people. 
and looking for the beauty. So when I'm listening to music, it's like a human being made this. Like this is beautiful. Like a, a human being did this. A human being made this film, did this art direction, did this. But looking for the beauty in human, why? Why is this a practice? Because remember our subconscious back there that has all these negative things? Well, since we've uprooted this and we've started to turn this up and started to deconstruct it, now we're filling that subconscious back up with positivity. So the goal here is to start to look at, reframe our minds, reshape our minds to, to see people, to love people as, as beautiful things, as creative, as great things, rather than as people that believe this or that, to focus on that. Um, and the only way to do that, like I said, is to focus on being present in the moment, to be vulnerable with ourselves, to see where we don't believe that, to uproot that, and now to replace that with good. And then I also talked about, so those are kind of like the four things. And then um, I had already talked about, I have on, I have on here um, just reshaping our perspective, but I've, I've been doing a lot of talking on that. Um, but my final thoughts here are once we can do this, once we can start to reshape our mind, once we can restart, uh, start to focus, um, this is really exciting because now we can, okay, here's where I might start to ramble a little bit, but this is good because this is kind of hollow close. <sighs> so once we've done all this work, now we can really start to get to the point where we can truly love and here's how. Because you've formed this habit of looking inward, right? It starts with us. And honestly, I think it kind of stays with us. Like, we need to focus on ourselves because there is a lot that we are constantly focusing elsewhere. If we can center on ourselves, where do I need to love more? Where do I need to be more accepting? Because there's a lot of dirt there. I mean, not that we're bad, nasty people, but there's been a lot of dirt that's been fed to us through just the world. Like, we know this. We, we read it in the Bible. The Bible is not uh, shy to it that the world is full of sin. We were born into sin. And I'm not saying that we're like dirty, nasty sinners, because I don't really believe that. But I do believe that we are a product of what our environment, and there is a lot of stuff in there. Even though we choose to do good and we are doing good, there is that stuff that's constantly being put in there that we might start to believe. So as we're starting to uproot that. Now we can really start to love. Now we can start to be beautiful because we're focusing on ourselves. How do we do that? And as we do that, as we're starting then to focus on ourselves, now you're becoming a more beautiful person and you are now just emanating that to others. And that's why I firmly believe, that's why Jesus simplified it and talked about here is why this is the most important thing, loving God and loving your neighbors, because he knew and he was teaching, if you're doing that, if you're taking care of yourself, you've got to think deeper, how do I do that? By loving myself, and that's how I'm going to love others, because that's how we stay connected. And that's how we're going to be free from all this gunk, right? And um, And so as we start to do that, as we start to um, become better people, we are radiating that, but all of a sudden, if we're working on ourselves and we're digging up our biases, now all of a sudden, I'm not so worried about what this person's thinking over here or what their beliefs are because I just see them simply as a beautiful human being. And not that I condone their, um, their actions because that train of thought, is that's, that's missing the mark. That's not what we're talking about. That's actually kind of irrelevant what I think what they're doing or not. The fact is, is that I'm just simply loving them. And if it comes up that 
I disagree with their beliefs. Okay, fine. But you, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's not, it's, it's both and. You can love somebody and still disagree with their thoughts. You can still love somebody, include somebody. You can still be friends with somebody. You can still go on vacations with somebody, even if like they think fully differently than you. And I mean, in some pretty serious ways and some pretty hurtful ways, um, we can still do that. Now, can you still hold people accountable? Of course. But holding people accountable if you've done the inner work is going to look a lot different. And I'll share the example like with my partner. There have been times where we have both in each other's presence said insensitive things towards groups of people or towards each other or towards other things. And it's not this you dirty racist or you dirty whatever. You're a bad person. I can't believe you think that. It's just a very simple like, oh, remember we don't use those words. Or hey, uh, remember... Like, that's not a very kind of thing, way of thinking. And then we move on. And it's like that slight correction to that person's beliefs or their subconscious. And I've done that with other people. And, but it's coming out of a place of love because we've done that work. We've done that work of knowing each other, loving each other, accepting each other. That, remember that awesome list that I had that I couldn't find? Uh, where is it again? Admiring other people, accepting other people, understanding, being patient. That's what love is. is we're doing that. Now, all of a sudden, everything that we've desired and trying to correct people is just coming out naturally. It's, it's just coming out of love. So it, it's just, it's pretty awesome. So again, kind of that idea of how do we love and accept other people, bringing it down, um, you know, focusing on ourselves, reshaping our perspective, and, and that perspective that doing this is good. It's not a bad thing to work all this up. So, um, and once we start doing these things, once we start to slow down, reflect, love, um, this does just come naturally. So we're all end today. This is kind of a, I'm really, actually, I don't know what I think about this. I just, I just say it. Uh, <laughs> so where I'm going to end today is it's, um, it's like poetry slash lyrics slash just something, uh, an artist of mine that I really, really like. Um, that as I was preparing for this message, it was at the beginning of a song or at the beginning of an album. And so, again, I don't know if he would identify with it as poetry or lyrics. It doesn't really matter. It's the fact that he wrote it and it's beautiful. But it really summed up in kind of a cool way um, what I was talking about today. So it starts by somebody asking him a question and somebody asks him, so what are you trying to say? And his response is this. See, that's just it. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm not trying anything anymore. I've stopped trying to try. I just be. Just like the universe doesn't try to give us answers or try to convince you of her beauty, the universe just is. Being is the answer. Being is beautiful. The universe doesn't demand anything from us. We're the ones trying to figure it out. And it's always been there. Everything. You do not lack. You are born of the infinite everything. When you came into this world, so did the world come out of you. You exist so that everything can. When you start trying, you admit there is something that you aren't. This isn't a glass half full, but rather a, I am the ocean whose waters overflow. The sun, as it dips low in the technicolor sky, does not try to mesmerize the soul. Then, let's dark arrive so the moon can glow. This beauty cannot be told true. It is, just is, as so are you. And it's up to you to see it. The more you try, the less you be and the less you see. So let go. And you become the universe. You see you don't need anything when you, the universe, is everything. This experience 
is your life to live. No time like the present. Let go. And I just think that's so beautiful because it's, it's, it's just really reiterating. We just, we complicate things so much like I- in the world today. And, and, with, and over the last few years when there's like, you have to believe this or you have to believe this or which side are you on or Team Edward or Team Jacob, that's where it all started. Dang it, Twilight. <laughs> they divided us. We got to take it back. But no, for real, like it, it, in, a, in the world where it, it's one or the other, um, we just, we, we sit and we wrap our mind around with these thoughts of the past, the future, and, and it, we've just done such a good job of overcomplicating it and been masters of division. So I'm just inviting us back, inviting you back, inviting myself, inviting you to go along on this journey with me about bringing it back to how can we just simply love and include others. And I just shared some tips on how we can do that. And so I just invite you folks just to, as you leave here today and this week, this month, um, to, to do that training, to take that time to just be in yourself, to take that time to be in the present, um, to not be afraid to look at the things in your subconscious, but to be proud of that and to be excited about that and say, hey, as, as I'm doing this, I'm now loving other people and I'm including other people more because I truly believe that's what Jesus meant when he told us to do that because now we are all connected. Now we can live in harmony and now we don't need to have that division. So, um, but yeah, that's where I'll close and um, I think that's it. I just, I thank you guys for coming out today. This is great that we're having people back here. The last time I was here, I think there's only like five people in here. So, um Maybe I'll close with uh, with a prayer of um, of just putting it out into the universe, into um, to God, to the divine that our that we are able to continue to look inward, that we are continue that we continue to um, do this work of accepting others and and do the deeper work of what that truly means, that we can find ways to truly deeply love ourselves more and more every day so that we can love others and that we can love the universe, that we can love God, that we can love the divine, that we can love the creator more and more, that there be more that, um, connects us than separates us in this world. So that's my prayer for all of us today, um, for myself. And I just hope that, Everybody has an awesome week and uh, that the weather stays above freezing. So thank you all.